a Radio 191 FM podcast. Uh, right now I am joined by Professor Jamin Halberstadt uh, from the Department of Psychology, co-organiser of this year's Science Teller, um, Science and the Afterlife. Good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Uh, you are more than welcome. Thank you so much for coming in. Um, the Afterlife, it's a story we kind of tell ourselves or we're told um, in the face of death sometimes. Uh, it's comfort. Uh, this is um, just one life. Uh, we do go on, but to what, where, do we get trapped between the planes of life and, and, and you know, to wander forever, um, you know, popping up occasionally in the corner of someone's vision or, um, you know, the corner of a darkened room. There's many questions here, um, Jamin, there's many questions. There, there are. Is that a question? Ah, uh, Yes. <laughs> Um, yours, that was so poetic. Oh, um, thank you. Um, well, yes, that is true. That's one of the appeals of the research on the afterlife because it's obviously it's a question nobody knows the answer to. People have strong feelings about it, strong beliefs. A lot of their, interestingly, it's one of the areas where people have beliefs usually without, not only without evidence, but without reasons for their beliefs. If mm-hmm. you ask people about for example, their belief in God, they often tell you reasons why they believe, but the afterlife seems to be something that they, they um, you can watch some of our videos online on our YouTube channel, they say, I really hope, I'd really like to think that there's more than what there is here, or, you know, I, I, I hope that X will happen. Yeah. So people are strongly motivated, they feel, they feel really passionate about it. I, I wish that our conference would be answering those questions, yeah. but that is not quite yet something that science can answer. Interestingly, there there is some work, actually, that, that does try to quantify or, or look at how um, the uh, validity of life after death, and we have a debate in the conference mm-hmm. on the validity, the existence of the afterlife. But generally, this is a conference on psychology and, and um, cognitive science. It's looking at people's why people are so motivated to believe in the afterlife where those beliefs come from the evolution evolutionary function of some of those beliefs mm-hmm. um, the development of them from children to adulthood yeah i mean for the most part when i think of the afterlife because i live in a western society i think of the christian heaven um but more uh, thousand you know um way way more people believe in an afterlife than they do in religion right i mean that's that's one part of it you know the heaven and and stuff but there's a lot of people that aren't religious in any way shape or form but they hope and want and wish for an afterlife Mm -hmm. so that that, that's that to me is interesting you know um that to me um is like why 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 do we long for that why do we long to have our existence continue past the point of life because we don't know we just want it to be that's true um no we don't know um there are many theories about about um you know related to death anxiety for example and obvious obviously death is um yeah there's a very prominent theory in psychology called terror management theory where where basically everything you do is motivated by the fear of death and then Mm. in that theory your belief in the afterlife would be one primary way that you try to assuage that you know just just holding out the hope that your your life does not actually end um but right but no but um but nobody knows and um you know and, and your belief in the afterlife does not necessarily have to have a really you know deep freudian 
um, you know, motivational account either. I mean, in fact, um, the the view that um, Jesse and I, Jesse Baring um, from the Center for Science Communication, is the other co-organizer of the conference. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the view that we sort of have is is what Jesse calls the simulation constraint hypothesis. It's just that basically you can't help yourself. You you, you can't help yourself but think of your of yourself still existing after your death. We have no kind of cognitive um, mechanism or or means to envision what we are like when we are are dead. Yeah. We can only draw on our on our experience from being alive, from being conscious, and it's 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 just literally impossible for us to try to try to put ourselves in that position. And we have this it leads to this sort of intuition. Um, these sort of slips where we talk about ourselves and when we talk about ourselves after our death we kind of implicitly imagine that we are um, that we're still conscious yeah 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 I don't (laughs) it's weird I always think it's like a computer brains like a computer but you know I mean science uh, and not just science but all of us we've always pondered the big questions that's what you naturally do right you naturally wonder if there's aliens but for the most part you naturally wonder all the, the all the big things and this is one of those big questions in life yeah yeah that's true and and we'll be tackling it um at the science and the afterlife conference this this weekend you will be indeed um i so you've got a lot of speakers um coming from all around the world you've got a couple of keynotes but you've uh, who, who are well established in their field uh, well everybody is but you've got some other uh, wonderful uh, speakers so what are some of the questions that are being asked uh, and what are some of the psychological um things that have been looked into well, yes, thanks. We have a we have a big lineup of speakers. I should say that um, this Science Teller is actually a biennial event mm. that's run by the Sci- Center for Science Communication. This is the biggest one of that uh, they've ever done. Oh, yeah, I had Dan Savage in a couple of years yes. ago when he came over. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that was yeah. our the the previous um, Science Teller was on s- sex and science mm-hmm. and science in the afterlife. So Jesse does try to cover the most controversial <laughs> <laughs> controversial <laughs> issues. Yeah. Um, but this year, um, because of the 150th, we've had a lot of um, support, backing from the university um, and um, financial and and um, and um, and um, support from um, from people oh, helping. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's early. Right. Um, anyway, so um, yeah, so we've met, because of that, we've been able to bring in much higher profile speakers than we than we normally would. And they we have are several. Very high profile. Yeah, so we have um, the keynotes are um, Mary Roach, who's a very well known um, science writer and, and humorist. Um, she has uh, she's written um, you may know her books uh, Gulp that's the science mm-hmm. of the alimentary canal <laughs> of digestion <laughs> and there's uh, I think Packing for Mars which is the science of life and living and in, in astronauts life in space um, one of one of the topics she has covered is is the afterlife um, science of the afterlife in a book called Spook so she's going right, to be uh, so um, so that's a great these are all great really accessible books and so she's going to um, be interviewed um, on stage by Jesse and they'll have sort of a discussion there'll be opportunity for um, the audience to ask questions mm-hmm. um, she'll be I think she'll be around to sign books if people want to have her sign books afterwards um, we've also our other keynote speaker is Michael Shermer who is the world-renowned skeptic yeah. um, and public intellectual um, so he's the founder of the skeptic society if you're if you're interested in skepticism you're uh this is the guy <laughs> who um to to hear 
And um, he also, interestingly, has a has a book on um, not not only on the afterlife. It's on it's a recent release, and it's um, a search for people's in, what the questions you're asking, basically. Yeah. Why do people? How do people try to find meaning after after death? Um, and um, he will be giving a talk, and he's also going to be fronting the the anti side of the does uh, is is there an afterlife debate? So. Um, so there's there's a debate directly on the question is there life after death, uh, and he will be um, speaking and uh, we'll also have a really well known cognitive scientist and who is also a religious person himself, Justin Barrett, um, from uh, Fuller Theological Seminary. So um, so he's a great scientist, but a, but a believer as well. So um, so and and I should say we're we're. Um, we we've designed i mean all the science teller events are designed to be not to be um promoting any particular view um it's trying to just make the science of an area accessible to the public so these talks um of course the the um the uh, keynote addresses but also the individual speakers who are academics they are all presenting in sort of ted style format so um so they'll be um they're told to keep their talks to 15 minutes they'll be very mm -hmm. accessible to the public um there'll be uh, a lengthy discussion time afterwards so people can come and and um and ask them questions there's big topics being taken on um one of the things i'm finding quite fascinating about one of the talkers is speaking about um rituals you know and i guess mm. uh, by that uh we're talking about funerals uh events around uh, after death why do we do them you know, what, do, uh, you know, do we do we do them for us? Do we do them to honor? That's an interesting one. I, I feel. Yes, um, I mean, rituals is a whole separate, interesting area. Not only in the context of death, but in in the context of sort of meaning making. Mm. Um, also, um, people, I mean, researchers think that rituals have a sort of a, a binding function as well. They like encourage groups to um, share their norms and to inc increase cooperation and and to feel you know um, increase the sort of in group um, nate at the uh, in groupness of the group. Feel that people um, allow people to feel connected to one another. Um, so um, yeah, so around death is a time when um, those needs are probably especially acute, and that's probably one reason why why um, there are a lot of rituals surrounding death. Um, it's you know it seems like it's a time that that uh, that people need to. Well, there's it's it's where this question that we've been talking about really becomes most acute. Yes. You're face to face with the end of life and nobody knows what has happened and it's in those sort of really high emotional and very uncertain circumstances that you know rituals can sometimes create you know order and um, create a sense of meaning um, out of what otherwise seems meaningless what about ghosts I think you're, t you're touching on ghosts a bit aren't you I am ta I'm talking about uh, the fear of ghosts uh, it's I mean, it's interesting, first of all, that ghosts are even s scary. Um, that's a separate question that I don't yeah, think yeah. anyone really knows the yeah, answer to. Because um, they're supposed to be like, I mean, it's, it's your family. <laughs> it could be. to say g'day. It could. I mean, some ghosts are, I guess, benevolent ghosts and evil ghosts. Um, but generally, people say their ghosts are, are frightening um, but the way that I we're studying ghosts, we're, uh, my talk's not not actually on ghosts per se. It uh, it uses the fact that people are afraid of of ghosts to 
illustrate their belief in the afterlife. So what we're interested in in, our, in the study that we do here is the discrepancy between people's um, self-reports of what they believe about and uh, what they believe about the afterlife and they wait and their behavior so so I mean there's a diversity of opinion actually most uh, majority of people do certainly in New Zealand and 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 the United States and Western countries do say that they believe in the afterlife um, but there's a sizable, you know, at least in our research, about a third of people said, no, there's definitely, you know, nothing happens after you die. And, um, and that, and there's, so there's a sizable, you know, minority of people who do say they don't believe. And, um, and what we wanted to look at is the discrepancy between those people's beliefs, uh -huh. what they say they believe and how they act. Um, uh, because there are interesting phenomena, um, where it appears that people, behave as though they believe um, so I think there's an example in the on the website about uh, there's a study where people are asked to sell their soul to the experimenter mm. it's kind of a bizarre study but um, but the experimenter says I've I've uh, you know I'm wondering you know I know you don't believe in the soul and so if you don't mind I'd like to purchase yours <laughs> um, here's you know a five dollar note you know you can have it and just sign this contract say that your soul will belong to me um, <clears throat> and the researcher even, um, you know, sort of dismisses the validity of it. He says, now, of course, this is not a real contract or anything. I'm just, you know, this is just for the experiment. So you don't need to worry about your real soul, you know. And I'll even afterwards, I'll tear it up and throw it in the rubbish. So just, you know, I just want you to just sign this for me. Sign this, <laughs> sign this form and I'll give you $5. And you don't believe you have a soul anyway. So what do you have to lose? Um, and you find that people are very uncomfortable yeah. with this idea. Yeah. Um, despite saying that they don't believe they have a soul. There's another really interesting study um, where people are asked to... Um, <laughs> this is... Uh, <laughs> you're going to think psychology is kind of perverse, but in this study, um, per, um, participants are asked to dare God to do terrible things to their relatives. <laughs> so, so they're supposed to state aloud... Uh, I dare, you know, I dare God to make my mother get cancer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and they measure people's physiological arousal, and you find that um, actually, if anything, it's, it's the non-believers, people who don't believe in God, are the ones that are most upset about about saying these things. Uh, possibly because people who do confidently believe in God believe that God would know that they're not sincere when mm, they mm. when they say that. But anyway, but these are people who don't believe that God exists. So what is it that they are? are concerned about. So anyway, there's these sort of phenomena. Um, in our study, we we um, ask pe people are in a room and they um, it appears that a ghost had, has appears there. Um, there's it's nothing it's nothing overt or that frightening, but there is a flickering light, um, and there and they had previously been told that there was there had been a death in the building. Um, and that people had reported sightings of ghosts. So we asked, like, are, when when the light when a light flickers off, do they get scared, basically, and do they get scared as a function of whether they believe in the afterlife? And it turns out they they do. I guess not surprisingly, they do get scared. But more interestingly, that doesn't depend on whether they believe in the afterlife or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, it's it's. I think it's, it buys into this um, idea of the the simulation constraint idea, the idea that it's just it's it's hard not to believe. Um, it's the strong intuition that we have. Um, it's not necessarily uh, 
sort of a functional thing. It may be just sort of a um, almost a, f a failure of creativity. <laughs> almost, it's, it's very difficult for us to imagine ourselves in a state where we don't exist, and to imagine things that you know post-mortem existence that doesn't involve consciousness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, interesting, amazing, uh, and there's um, there's so many more interesting things um, going on during this um, science teller. Um, and uh, we've, we've sadly run out of time, um, which I often do when we talk about this kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, that is sad. It, it just goes fast so quickly. I mean, it's already been 18 minutes. Oh. <laughs> it just flies like that. Because I wanted to touch on things like hell. Because I found I found I find hell extremely fascinating. And I, our idea, because I know someone is talking about hell, our ideas of hell, um, but not just that, just the use of hell by by some organisations and some people as a way of uh, manipulating other people and control and, and the use of afterlife in, in, in that way as well. I mean, even even the good place, um, which has always been an interesting question for that I've 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 thought of many times. But um, hopefully. Um, well, I'll, I'll be talking more about the conference over the next few days, um, and uh, hopefully Thanks. some of those things will be answered um, this weekend. Yes, in, in some ways. Yes, please. Yeah. Well, I just would encourage everyone to come out. It's Friday through Sunday. First event is Mary's uh, keynote speech on uh, s I think it's six o'clock mm -hmm. on uh, the Friday. Yeah. Uh, and the other uh, that's free. Most most of the big the, all the big events are free. Um, the the sort of academic speakers. That we've flown out, they have a like, really a nominal fee that's uh, that you can pay at the door, um, but they're all really. I think it's really a unique opportunity to see these people. Um, like they're talking about stuff you won't hear any anywhere else. Yeah, exactly. I mean, every, I mean, like you said, we we all we even if you don't believe, it's hard not to believe. Uh, <laughs> so we uh, we all think about it, we all wonder, we all ponder, uh, and we're not necessarily getting answers to the big questions here, but we're looking at you're looking at it in a psychological way of how people think and act and, and do and why, uh, and, and that's almost as fascinating as the big question itself. Of, if, mm. um, so uh, I think this is definitely a, a conference that anyone can find um, entertainment and information and, and I think that's important for any kind of conference of, of this type. Um, so Science Teller, Science and the Afterlife uh, kicks off Friday uh, with with Mary, uh, which really excited and hopefully we'll have her in on um, on Friday morning. I'll keep you posted on that. Um, thank you so much for coming in. You're welcome. Thanks yeah. for having me. Uh, more details on the website www.otago.ac.nz forward slash science teller. That was a Radio 1 91 FM podcast. You can find more at r1.co.nz or wherever quality content is found.